Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, good morning, Takeover Church. Happy Easter to you and yours. We are so excited that you are joining us right now for our Easter celebration. Man, we are so blessed and privileged as Adrian and I as your lead pastors to serve you, to serve this church, to lead this movement of God. And we are so grateful that you have prioritized along with the global church, the rest of the bride of Christ right now, to set apart this day, this morning, this time to gather with the saints around the world to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's what Easter is all about. And we are so, so pumped that you are joining with us this morning. And hey, before we go any further, right where you are, can you just make some noise for Adrian, for Amy, for Alex, for the ladies, just absolutely crushing communion and worship and prayer and praise. Come on, the ladies taking charge to take over church. I love it. Come on. So good. Thank you so much to you guys. You are absolutely incredible. And this morning, we are continuing our series, finishing up our series, Lies from Below. But this morning, on Easter Sunday, I don't want to come at you today with a lie that I see in society or a lie that I see in church or, a, or, or anything the devil's been trying to do. No, no, no. The devil has had enough time. We've spent enough time breaking down what he's been trying to convince us of for long enough. Today, today we begin and we start talking about and living from the truth from above. Lies from below. Miss me with it. We're done with those. We are living from the truth from above. And in fact, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are. That's the title of my message this morning. Truth from above. Again, that is truth from above. And this morning, obviously, we're coming out of the Gospels. This morning, we're coming out of Luke 24, 1 through 12. Stick with me. This is an amazing moment. This is when Jesus, he has already gone to the cross. He has been tucked away in the tomb. And this is where we pick up the story right here. So when it first starts off, this is Mary, Mary, and Joanna. You got to know that. Context is everything. Verse 24, or verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not there, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and then rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary to the mother of James and the other women who told of these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Well, fantastic. Take over church. We're going to pray. Then we're going to see what God will do with that. Father God, right now we just 
We pause everything, every distraction, everything going on right now, God. And right now in this moment, we set apart this Sunday, God, to remember, to remember what you did on the cross through your son, Jesus, all that you made available to us, everything that you overcame for us, everything that you did to secure our future, to rescue our past, to secure eternity. God, we are so grateful for everything that you've done. God, we just lift up a hallelujah. We declare this morning that you did it, God. You did it. And because of that, we can truly live. We thank you for all of these things. Holy Spirit, come and have your way right now across our computer screens, in our living rooms, in our dining rooms, wherever we find ourselves at, purposing our time and our commitment, our attention to this moment. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, lift up an Easter shout of praise right where you are. He did it. Amen. Truth from above. Now, I love Easter. I do. I love Easter. Easter is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a pastor. I know. Of course, I have to say that. Yes, generally, we would be in church right now. We'd be hooting, hollering. More people would be there than ever because we're bringing people and we're using Easter as a time to get them in the door. We're bringing the good news straight to them. And yes, I love Easter for that. But Easter is so much more than just a church service. And Easter is so much more than just pastels and eggs and chocolates. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I am all for eggs and chocolates. Pastels, no, I, I don't like those colors. But I am all for the Easter things that we celebrate. So I have no beef with that. Enjoy your chocolates. Enjoy your eggs. Enjoy the Easter bunny. It's all good. But Easter... Easter is an incredible moment where the world in unison, not just the church, the world may not understand what they have a voyeuristic view into right now, but the church, the body of Christ, the global united church, we are in sync right now. Right now, we are in a moment where the entire globe, every saint is lifting up the name of Jesus. Every saint is gathering around the name of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the word of Jesus, what he did on the cross right now. Across history and across the globe, we are united as one church and we are singing out, hallelujah, it is finished, it is done, the tomb is empty, he is not there for, he is risen today. That's what this day is all about. This is an incredible, incredible moment that is here to declare today symbolizes that no longer do we have to try, no longer do we have to strive, no longer do we have to attempt and make attempts to live this life, but today proclaims that we can actually live this life fully alive, no longer subjected to life, no longer chained to life, no longer does life just get to have its way with us, but we actually get to have our way with life because of what Jesus did. We're no longer chained to our past. Our mistakes no longer define us because of the empty tomb of Jesus, what he did on the cross. We get to live this life fully alive. That's what Easter is all about. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, in the middle of a global pandemic right now, I could think of no other thing to come to you with through your computer screens than just to talk about how good our God is that Jesus who lived a blameless life, a sinless life, he was fully God and fully man and he hung himself willingly on a cross to be broken, to be spilled out, to be poured out for you and for me, 
for those who came before us and those who will come after us. Our Bible says that he did it all so that he may reconcile the entire world. The truth from above this morning, church, is that from this day forward in history, no longer have we ever had to do this life on our own. Instead, we now get to live it with the assurance of Christ, the assurance of salvation for a day that is to come and a day right now. A saved life later and a saved life now. The truth from above this morning, church, is that you and I, we now get to live Holy Spirit-empowered divine lives because we now have a relationship with Jesus. Just right where you are, can you just lift up an Easter praise? Come on, right where you are. He is so worthy of it. Come on, church. We're just going to spend a moment hooing and hollering in the Lord. If you've got kids at home, start making some noise, be an example for them that we praise our God for this day more than just chocolate, for our salvation, for what He's done, our healing, our provision, all of it. He's made a way, and that's what today is all about, right where you are. Come on. Thank you, King Jesus. The truth from above. Now, I love this piece of scripture. I love this piece of scripture because here is Mary, Mary, and Joanna. As the earlier part of Luke will tell us, they began to prepare herbs and spices and perfumes. And as we see in this verse, they begin to take these herbs and spices and perfumes and bring them to the tomb of Jesus where Jesus laid. Because they were coming to bring an offering, to bring a worship, to come and sit at the tomb of Jesus and still worship him. Even though in their minds they believed that he was dead and something incredible happens here. We can read the scripture a thousand times. We can have a million Easter services. And so often we miss this prophetic moment, what God was doing, what God was writing into our story right now, what he was identifying as a flaw in the human sinful condition. And because he identified it, now we can point it out and we can begin to attack it. We can begin to live above it. We don't have to submit to it. And it's this. Here we see these three ladies. They're walking up and they peek their head in and, And they see it. It's the empty tomb of Jesus. The empty tomb of Jesus. And it says that there was these two men just glowing with these clothes. And obviously we understand that they were probably angels. And they look down at Mary, Mary, and Joanna. And they're looking at them and they say, Ladies, why? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? This is so prophetic. This is so incredible to who you and I are. This is amazing, an amazing statement that is made right here. Because if we can begin to understand this statement, we can begin to understand why we do the things that we do, the things that we don't want to do, and we can begin to walk forward in Christ Jesus even more so when we begin to understand these angels. They say to Mary, Mary and Joanna, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'm going to say it again for the people who are half asleep. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? For so many of us, this is how we live our lives. This is how we live our lives. We live our lives looking for the living among the dead. We live our lives looking for the living and the things that say that they will profit us when they can never deliver on the promise they gave us. We live our lives looking for the living among the dead. So many of us, we spend our lives looking for the living in a bottle. Whether that was alcohol, 
Whether that was pills, we have spent our lives just thinking that at the end of a bottle there is some semblance of life, some semblance of functionality, some sort of numbing agent that would just help us cope with the pain of life, cope with the darkness of life, cope with the doubts of life. We have spent our lives, so many of us, looking for the living among the bottles, but that bottle could never fulfill us. That bottle has never satisfied us. That bottle was just dead from the beginning till the end of it and so many of us maybe for you it's not a bottle that you've been looking for the living in maybe for you the living that you've been looking for is actually in another person Another person who's just as dead as you are, who is just in desperate need of a savior as you are, who is just as asleep at the wheel of life as you are. So many of us, we live our lives looking in the physical. We go from bed to bed and person to person, sex to sex, to all of these things, thinking that the physical could ever fix what is wrong in the spiritual. For me, I find myself looking for looking for the living in a lie. So much of my life I was personally looking for the living among the lies, thinking the more lies I told, the more people I'd impress, the more I bigged up my own image in their mind, the more fulfillment I would somehow have in this life. And those lies, they never profited me anything. They only stole more from me. So many of us, we live this life, we're looking for a cure, but really what we need is a Christ. So many of us, we've tried the geographical cure. We have, you know you have. Man, when things were working out here, we move. When things got difficult over here, we bounced. When the marriage wasn't going well, we left. Some of us, we've left children behind. Some of us, we've moved states to try and get out of the shadow with hopes of living in the light one day. We have done so much to try and escape. We think the geographical cure is going to cure us, but we didn't need a geographical cure. What we needed was a supernatural, blameless, spotless lamb named Jesus. The Christ is what we needed. Some of us, maybe you weren't just distant physically. Some of us, we try to remove ourselves emotionally. Some of us, we back away from relationships. We back away from our church. We back away from leadership and spouses and small groups. And we run away because emotionally, we think if we can just create enough distance between us, then we don't have to live up to your standard. Then we don't have to, we don't have to fall underneath the pressure set before us. We don't have to try and live a life that we're going to ultimately let somebody down in. And because we are underneath that lie, we create distance between us and community. When God made us to be communal creatures, somebody, we're looking for the cure in all the wrong places. But we need, what we need is not a cure. What we need so desperately is a Christ. We need a Christ. So many of us, we've spent our lives looking for the living among the dead. And I just came to proclaim to you the good news of Jesus Christ on this Easter Sunday in 2020. No longer do you have to live your life looking for the living among the dead. No, you don't have to look any further. The church may be empty today, but so is the tomb of Jesus. Look no further than the empty tomb of Jesus because the truth from above is that you no longer have to look for 
for the living among the dead, for he is risen. Come on, somebody, right where you are. Make some noise for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is risen indeed. Come on, somebody. True from above. We don't got to waste our life anymore. No longer do we have to waste time looking for the living among the dead because God, he came back. He defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave. And whatever you've been facing down a bottle, he can defeat it too. Whatever has caused you to want to cut and run, he can defeat that too. Whatever area you feel like is just too dark and too dim that you cannot escape the glaring defeat of it, he can light that up too. You don't have to keep looking for the living among the dead. Come on somebody, right where you are, make some noise. This is a praise your God kind of moment. Man, I thought that lies could illuminate my life. I fell for that so many times. I don't know about you. I don't know what your history is. I don't know what your situation looks like. Maybe right now, maybe right now you're looking at your computer screen and you're like, man, that sounds so good. I've never heard about Jesus like that. I've never heard of the King of Kings like that. Man, I've been in West Michigan my whole life with a church on every street corner. I've never heard that. It sounds so good. Pastor Matt, it sounds too good. It sounds so fantastic. That is fantastical. I'm not sure I can buy it. If you knew what I've done, if you've known the thoughts that I've had, if you've known the amount of bottles I've emptied, the amount of men and women I've ran through, if you've known how many marriages, if you've known what I've done with my bare hands, if you knew me, you would cast me out. You would push me away. You would label me. You wouldn't even acknowledge me. You would send me, you would cast me out right before you. You wouldn't even be having this conversation if people knew what I have been doing and what my life has looked like. I can never buy into what you're saying. And you know what? I'm level with you. I'll level with you. You know what? People. Yeah. Yeah. They might label you. Men, women, Christian, atheist, Republican, Democrats, people. People might label you. People might try to cast you out. People might try to speak something over your life. They might want to wave a banner of your worst mistake over you. That's so-and-so. Don't trust them. They're a liar. That's so-and-so. They're an adulterer. Don't trust them. That's so-and-so. Do you know what they've done? That's so-and-so. I see them downtown every single night. That's so-and-so. Do you know what they've been up to? Yeah, people, they might do that, but our God... Our God, no, 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 I'm sorry, but the creator always trumps the creation. It doesn't matter what people have labeled you. You can have a record. You can have a rap sheet a mile long. Your name can be in every federal database with every misdemeanor attached to it in the natural. But the only place that your name has any right being and has any right to 
to wave a banner over your life that has any right to label you is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on, somebody, right where you are, what your God says about you will always trump what human beings can label you. Come on, somebody. Our God still speaks a greater word because that tomb is empty. There is a greater word over your life. Whether it's abuse, whether it's racism, whether it's sexism, whether it's cheater, whether it's liar, whether it's adulterer, whether it's murderer, whatever the enemy, whatever society would choose to label you and proclaim you immorality, whatever they would try and lay upon you, know that Jesus was broken for you, that your past can be redeemed, that he will secure your future, and those labels, they don't fit you anymore. What he did on the cross, he eradicated those labels. What he did in the empty tomb, he eradicated those labels. What he did when he rolled the stone back out the way, maybe you're thinking today there is no way you could be forgiven. What you think is unforgivable has actually justified you for forgiveness. How so, man? How so? How could what I've done, my closet's so deep, my closet's so dark, what's hidden in there should never see the light of day. How can you say that that's forgivable? Well, don't take my word for it. Let's take the Apostle Paul's word for it. You see, in the book of Romans, he wrote this. And if you don't know what that means, when it says Romans, it means because he was writing to the Roman church, the church in Rome. And if you know anything about Rome back in the day, it's worse than just lions and tigers and bears, oh my, okay? It's worse than just the Colosseum, okay? It's worse than just everybody sleeping with everybody. It's worse than that, okay? That's just the tip of the iceberg. Rome was the most corrupt place in all of history. And this is exactly what Paul is proclaiming to them. And it's the same thing that our God is proclaiming to you today. He says this. I'm going to read two versions of this. One in the NLT and one of the ESV because I love the way the two verses, the way the two translations translations say this. Romans 4.25 in the NLT says, He was handed over to die because of our sins, and He was raised to life to make us right with God. Oh, that's so good. But the ESV says it this way. Jesus, our Lord Jesus, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification, raised for our justification, whatever it is, if you can name it, his blood has covered it. If you can be labeled by it, his blood goes above it. Whatever has been placed on your head, whatever sins you've committed, whatever your life has looked like up until this moment, God has defeated it. If he can defeat his own death, he can defeat your death. If he can bring light to darkness, he can light up your closet. Whatever you are feeling defeated by, whatever your life has looked like, your God has already overcome it. When it says you are justified, when it says that you have been justified, your trespasses, my trespasses, which are many. I know I'm a pastor. But friends, every saint has a past. I know I'm a pastor, but if you knew what was in my closet... You might be thank you might say hello thank you next right now on this video if you knew what my life had been. Well come to church. Let's hang out. I'll tell you about it. But when Paul says that you are justified, that because of Jesus willingly laying down his life for your sins, for our trespasses, that we can be made right with God, when we can be justified with God, do you know what that means? That means you and God creator of the universe, hung the stars and the moon, did all this cool stuff that you see here. 
Okay? Made you. You and that God, you're good. You and that God, you're okay. You and that God, the slate is clean. You and that God, he laid down his son and his son laid himself down. You and that God, it's all good. This relationship with him, it's now the securest relationship you will ever have. It's the securest relationship you've ever been in. It's the securest relationship that you will ever have. It's the safest relationship that you could possibly find yourself in. There is nothing that you could do that could shake God off your tail or throw him off your scent. He is always chasing you down and he doesn't take no for an answer. That's why he laid himself down. He has been coming after you every single day of your life, all to have a relationship with you. And that was all made possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Come on, somebody, right where you are. You need to make some praise. You need to lift up a hallelujah. You need to say amen right where you are because you have been justified. You and God are good. You are now in the securest, most fulfilling, satiated relationship you will ever find yourself in. And that is with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. For so many of us, for so many of us, we have lived every day of our lives looking for the living among the dead. But friends, can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you Easter 2020 right now, right now, that the place you're looking for it's not a new state. It's not even an empty tomb. Can I tell you that the person that you're looking for, it's not a mortal man and it's not a mortal woman. Can I tell you that the substance that you think will cure your ailments, that you think will bring you peace at night, that you think will be able to allow you to lay your head down to sleep and quit being worried and anxiety, that it's not a pot, it's not a bottle full of pills or full of booze. No, 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 no. The place that you are looking for is where the risen Christ resides, which is in heaven. The person that you're looking for isn't somebody that's bent, isn't somebody that's broken, it's somebody that was broken and bruised and lay down their life for you. His name is Jesus. That the substance you are looking for right now is not and could never be a bottle, but instead it is the poured out blood of Jesus all over your life. That's the truth from above that I came to declare to somebody this morning. It's his body. It's his blood. It's what he did on that cross. It's the finished work of the cross. It's the empty tomb of Jesus. It's the stone that was rolled away that could ever bring you fulfillment, that could ever satisfy your soul. Every single thirst that you have, every single need that you have, every wicked desire that you've ever felt, our God has not only quenched it, he has overcome it, and he can begin to replace it with desires for him, with yearning for him, with wanting to help and love your neighbor, bringing peace to the situation, peace in the middle of a pandemic. This is what our God is offering to you. Some of us, some of us, we've been living lives. We've been living lives just trying to grasp. We've been living lives just trying to gasp for air. 
Some of us, we've been living lives that we're not even ready for Friday because we don't feel like we ever got a handle on Thursday. We're not ready for we're not ready for May. We feel like we barely just made it through April. Some of us, we feel like the world keeps spinning, the sun keeps rising and falling, and we don't have a grasp on reality. We don't have the ability to get a grip. We feel like the world keeps spinning, and we're just along for the ride. So many of us, we have lived most of our lives gasping for air in relationships. Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to be here tomorrow? Is this going to... For so many of us trying to stick out our marriages, is this going to... Tomorrow will be better. I know today was really bad. Tomorrow... Whether it's finances, whether it's fear, whether it's doubt, whether it's our worry, whatever it is, we find ourselves living lives where we are just gasping for air. We're trying to get a grasp on life. We're trying to fill our lungs and we feel like that we've never had a full breath in our life. We feel like we've never just inhaled and fully lived this life. We feel like we've never had the wind in our back, the wind in our sails. We feel like we've never had a full chest of air in our lives and friends. Jesus, he's hanging on a cross. This is Good Friday. And it says that Jesus, he inhaled his last breath. And in that moment, he yelled out, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And with that final breath, he exhaled. And the amazing part is that when he exhaled, it actually enabled us for the first time in our lives to fully inhale. It was his breath that left his body that was able to enable us to fully begin to breathe. When Jesus, he gave his final breath, when he exhaled, it enabled us for the first time to truly, to really, to deeply inhale. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of the cross, that you and I, yeah, we now feel like we can actually run this race set before us. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, it actually enables us to sprint. It actually enables us to take off. It actually enables us to go forward. We don't have to continue looking for life in all the wrong places. No, no, no. The life, the light, the way, the truth of Jesus now fills our lungs because of what he did on the cross. We can run. We can throw caution to the wind and we can trust and put our hope in Jesus Christ, the sure and trustworthy anchor for us souls we can run this life set before us we can breathe for the first time maybe you're tuning in today and you never knew that maybe you thought Jesus was just another religious stifling for your soul Maybe you didn't realize there was actual freedom in the breath of God and the life of God maybe you had no idea. It's because Jesus was laid to rest that you and I can now finally find rest. And it's because Jesus rose again that you and I, we don't have to stay down, but we can rise again too. 
It's because Jesus rose again that you and I, we no longer have to live this life chasing our tails, doomed to repeat, going back to our vomit like some sort of dog. No, 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 no. We don't have to sin, fail, wake up, repeat every single day. Instead, what we can do is we get to fill our lungs with the breath of God. We get to wake up each and every single day knowing that we are have, we now have right standing with Jesus, that the creator of the universe defeated hell, sin, death, in the grave and that on Easter 2020 I can begin to take my first breath of air for the first time I can now live today fully alive the truth from above this morning church the truth from above is now we don't have to keep searching in a person we don't have to keep searching where the dead are. We don't have to keep going back to our old ways. We don't have to keep going back to our chains as comfortable and as familiar as they may be and as comforting as they can be in the darkest of moments. There's a comforter that's above it. There's a peace that goes beyond all understanding. There is something that can quench. There is a living water that will never run out on you. The truth from above today on Easter 2020, if you want to, you don't have to go back. And you don't have to search for the living among the dead because he is risen. And because he has risen, so can you. Today, freedom is available. Today, satisfaction is available. Today, fulfillment is available. Today, fresh breath of lung in your lungs. Today is available to you right where you are. There's a fresh start. There's a new beginning. There is an awakening that is ready to happen. There is a revival that can start on the inside of you, friends. Every single one of us, right where you are, you were created in the image of God. And because you were created in the image of God, you will always have a longing for Him. Friends, when the first sin happened all those years ago in the garden, as we have continued to sin, there has been a breaking, there has been brokenness, there has been a fracture that has taken place on the inside of us that left a God-sized crater. And for so many of us, we have spent every single day of our lives trying to fill that God-sized crater with people, with places, with things, with substances, with whatever we believe could fulfill us. But because you were created in His image, there is nothing that can satisfy you. There is nothing that can bring you that kind of peace. There is nothing in the physical that can ever mend, that can ever fix, that can ever restore what has been broken in the natural. Something spiritual has to take place. And it's my honor and it's my privilege to offer you that truth from above today. From this moment forward, if you want to, you no longer have to go searching for the living among the dead. The living has come back. He has risen and he is ready to begin this relationship with you. And he has for a really long time. So right where you are with every head bowed and every eye closed. Right there. Give your kids, give your kids the moment to, to bow their heads. 
Give your spouse the moment to bow their head. Give the people in your house privacy in this moment to, to assess where they're at with Jesus. It's a scary place right now. There's things going on. People are living worried and fear-ridden and anxiety has been having its way. The media has been having its way. The government's been having its way. All of these fallen things have been having their way. And right now, you can finally let the risen thing have his way in your life. You don't have to fold for fear. You can stand up with faith. So right now, if you would like to begin this relationship with Jesus... Begin living from the truth from above that your God is for you. That this is the securest, this is the securest relationship you will ever be in. And He's already started it with you. If that's you in this moment, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, there is nobody looking around. This is between you and your creator. Doesn't matter if it's in a living room or in a thousand person auditorium. It doesn't matter. Right now. Jesus is with you in that moment. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heartstrings right now. You feel something on the inside of you tugging you towards Jesus right now, towards a new relationship with God. You feel it tugging you right now. That's the Holy Spirit. That means he wants to start with you right now, just as you are. Doesn't matter if you're jacked up. Doesn't matter if you're torn up from the floor. It doesn't matter how you are presently. He purchased it and he wants you. So right now, if that's you, just begin to repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, thank you. I'm sorry. I give you my past. I give you my future. I give you my present. I give you my dark closet. I give you everything I'm hiding. I pull it out into the light right now and I trust what has been hid can now be healed in this relationship with you. From this moment forward, I don't have to try and fill the fractures of my life with anything less. Because from this moment forward, I am being made anew in the image, in the presence, by the broken in the poured out blood and body of Jesus Christ. And from this moment forward, I accept your Holy Spirit. Come, invade my body, lead my life, make much of me. In Jesus' mighty name, from Easter 2020 forward, I am doing this life with you. In Jesus' mighty name, right where you are, freaking make some noise. Come on, church. Come on. That's incredible. Right where you are, you can go to takeovergr.com. Don't worry, this isn't a shameless plug. You can go to takeovergr.com. And because we cannot physically gather with you right now, you can go, you can fill out our connect card. It's right on there. It says connect. Just a name, a number, an email, and a message letting us know the Holy Spirit tugged on you that you heard from God today. He heard that he wants to be with you today and you started that relationship with him. Fill that out. That'll go to our pastors. That'll go to us. And we personally will get a hold of you. We will reach out to you. We will make sure that you don't start this life alone and you don't continue doing this life alone. Got to know that God is for you and he will be tomorrow. He will be tomorrow and every day after that as well. And for everybody else, we thank you so much for joining us today on Easter 2020. In just a minute, we're going to throw it back to our incredible worship team, headed up by our amazing worship leader, Amy and Alex. 
And we're going to sit with this message. We're going to sit and we're going to think about the truth from above. We're going to worship. We're going to worship right where we are with the revelation that we have now. That from this day forward, no longer do we have to look for the living among the dead. But we can actually, right here, right now, we can be in the presence of the living God. We love you so much, church. Thank you for everything. Thank you for continuing to be faithful. Thank you for sharing this message right now. People need hope. And take over, church, not just pastors, not just volunteers, not just worship leaders, but take over, church, the organism, you and me, across this computer screen. We're going to be the hope dealers that our city, that our world, that our people, our friends and family, they need. So share the good news of Jesus. Share the truth from above. And let's get this message out to the masses today. We love you, church. We're so grateful for you. We'll see you guys soon. We love you.